The older boy had grown in some indefinable way, and though Temujin was still the tallest of the brothers, he had found the new Bekter a humorless companion. It had seemed an act at first to Temujin, with Bekter only pretending at maturity. The brooding boy no longer spoke without thinking, and seemed to weigh every statement in his mind before he allowed it past his lips. Temujin had mocked his seriousness, but the months of winter had come and gone with no sign of an easing. There were moments when Temujin still found his brother's pompous moods amusing, but he could respect Bekta's temper, if not his right to inherit their father's tents and sword. Temujin watched Bekta as he rode, careful not to let a gap grow between them. It was too fine a day to worry about the distant future, and Temujin daydreamed about all four brothers all five, with Bekter even, sweeping the board of honours at the tribal gathering. Yesuji would swell with pride, and Hoelun would grip them one by one and call them her little warriors, her little horsemen. Even Temuj could be entered at six years of age, though the risks of a fall were huge. Temujin frowned to himself as Bekter glanced over his shoulder, checking his lead. Despite their subtle manoeuvring, Yesuji had not yet given permission for any of them to take part as the spring came. Hoelun was pregnant again and close to the end of her time. The pregnancy had been hard on her and quite different from the ones before. Each day began and ended with her retching over a bucket until her face was speckled with spots of blood under the skin. Her sons were on their best behaviour while they waited for Yesuji to cease his worried pacing outside the gares. In the end, the Khan had grown tired of their stares and careful silence, sending them off to run the winter out of the horses. Temujin had continued to chatter, and Yesuji had picked him up in one powerful hand and tossed him at a stallion with a white sock. Temujin had twisted in the air to land and launch into a gallop in one movement. Whitefoot was a baleful, snappy beast, but his father had known he was the boy's favourite. Yesuji had watched the others mount without a sign of his pride on his broad, dark face. Like his father before him, he was not a man to show emotion, especially not to sons he could make weak. It was part of a father's responsibility to be feared, though there were times when he ached to hug the boys and throw them up into the air. Knowing which horses they preferred showed his affection, and if they guessed at his feelings from a glance or a light in his eye, that was no more than his own father had done years before. He valued those memories in part for their rarity, and could still recall the time his father had finally grunted approval at his knots and rope work with a heavy load. It was a small thing, but Yesuji thought of the old man whenever he yanked a rope tight, his knee hard into the bales. He watched his boys ride into the bright sunshine, and when they could no longer see him, his expression eased. His father had known the need for hard men in a hard land. Yesuji knew they would have to survive battle, thirst, and hunger if they were to reach manhood. Only one could be Khan of the tribe. The others would either bend the knee or leave with just a wanderer's gift of goats and sheep. Yesuji shook his head at the thought, gazing after the dust trail of his son's ponies. The future loomed over them, while they saw only the spring and the green hills. The sun was bright on his face as Temujin galloped. He reveled in the lift in spirit that came from a fast horse straining under him, the wind in his face. 
Ahead, he saw Bechter's grey mare recover from a stumble on a loose stone. His brother reacted with a sharp blow to the side of the mare's head. But they had lost a length, and Temujin whooped as if he were about to ride past. It was not the right moment. He loved to lead, but he also enjoyed pressuring Bechter because of the way it annoyed him. Bechter was already almost the man he would be, with wide, muscular shoulders and immense stamina. His betrothal year with the Olkonut people had given him an aura of worldly knowledge he never failed to exploit. It irritated Temujin like a thorn under his skin, especially when his brothers pestered Bechter with questions about their mother's people and their customs. Temujin too wanted to know, but he decided grimly that he would wait to find out on his own when Yesuji took him. When a young warrior returned from his wife's tribe, he was given the status of a man for the first time. When the girl...